You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. This evening, we have a very high-profile guest. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's Sunny in the City. Sunny in the City is the co-host of the Joe Claire Morning Show on WPGC 95.5, and she is the author of Still I Shine. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Sunny. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it is a pleasure to have have you. So just tell us who you are, where you were born, um, and tell us some of how, how it was like growing up for you. Yeah. I'm just excited that your grandmother bought, bought you yes, my book. Yes, she did. She saw you on the she, news. Wow, that's amazing. She saw like one of your ri- first interviews when uh-huh. the book had just come out. And awesome. and she was like, Yasmin, you need to interview Sunny on Millennial yeah. Minds. So. Um, well, yeah, I talk a lot about it in my book, um, Still I Shine. I was born and raised in Bosnia. Um, and obviously a lot of people heard about the Bosnian War in the 1990s. And actually tell people where Bosnia is because not everybody... It's Eastern Europe. <laughs> it's it's a super small country. I think it, it's around like 4 million people maybe. So it's okay. smaller than a DMV. I see. Oh, um, wow. You know, it was predominantly Muslim country. Um, so it's super small and it was a huge war that was happening in the 90s and it's it's a very complicated civil war that happened mm-hmm. between the Serbs and Croats and Bosnians. It was like this whole mess. Mm. Um, but we fled the country and we moved to Croatia and that's basically uh, one of the reasons I wrote my book is because I lived in three different refugee camps. And when you tell people that you lived in three different refugee camps, they're like, I want to know everything about of it. Course. You know, so I was kind of like, I was telling that story over and over and my friends are like, we're tired hearing it. Put it in a book. <laughs> they were like, girl, put it in a book. Um, so yes. yeah, that was basically it. And, and then I got sent to the United States when I was 13. Uh, so see. that's kind of like the overview of, you know, how my life kind of went. I see. Now, how long were you in the... Yeah. So, I mean, like, we left our house in 1994. And we came to the United States in 97. So for those three years, we kind of moved around through the camps. Time. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we went back to Bosnia like one time. I think we had to flee again like a few months later. Mm. So, yeah. It and was, that's when you flee, you fled, fled to Croatia. Good. Yeah. Croatia? All the times we always fled to Croatia because it was on the border. It was bordering us. And, yeah, so the last time we left, it's, we just never came back. We came to the United States. Uh, we got here through, like, an immigration program, which is funny because I actually just recently posted – a receipt we got charged to be here really so it was an immigration program and they charge you to get here so it was basically like they send you here and you sign this waiver and you have to pay them this money back in a certain amount of time so it's your first credit to the united states wow see you isn't that crazy we have to monetize everything Everything. (laughs) and you have to pay within a certain amount of time so because i was wondering when i first Mm. moved here we had this social worker that would come around every day and she would be like did you guys find a job did you find a job did you every find- to my parents every day wow. she would drive them around she would like take them places and i was like why is she so uh you know because people think when immigrants come here we get this assistance and all this stuff and i was like why is she bothering us so much because mm-hmm. you had to get a job so you can pay these people back i see it's crazy wow mm-hmm. oh my goodness do you know how much i think that i was i was worth like 450 dollars. but that so that was for each for like each person e- it was five of us Ooh, that's a lot. That's yeah, a for lot. someone that, like, we literally came here with no money. I think my dad had, like, $100 in his pocket oh, that his sister gave him. Oh, my goodness. So wow. I just, I just, when I saw it, when I saw the receipt, and I remember that, I was like, wait, this is why you guys went to work immediately. You're thinking about people who, we were in Hamtramck, which is a small city inside of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And you put us there. We speak no language. 
don't know where you're going so you have people taking buses or walking to where they have no idea Mm. um to to jobs just so they can pay these people back yeah wow crazy right that is crazy Mm. that is crazy yeah do you know around that time did there happen to be a large influx of 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 bosnians that were Mm -hmm. fleeing refugee Mm -hmm. camps and being shipped to various countries so we had a choice in canada maybe yeah well we had a choice we could have went to united states australia or new zealand so they were sending people to those three specific places Mm -hmm. i don't think they weren't sending anyone to canada and we chose america because our uncle had came here before us so they they were trying to keep families together um so they sent us here that's a good thing yeah so they were like okay well if your uncle goes then you guys can follow and that's how we basically got here. Uh, but it was a lot. So the place where we lived when we first moved here, I think that's one of the things that really helped us out was the fact that there were so many Bosnian people there. So when In we, Detroit? Mm-hmm. So when wow. we got there, we were like, oh, my God, I saw you in the camp. You know? <laughs> wow. So that's how, like, we kind of bonded together. Nobody mm-hmm. spoke English. We kind of went to the same places together. Like, the parents would get together, and they were like, once they got enough money for a car, they would drive each other. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was like a whole community thing. That's so awesome. I know. And then how long? were you in Detroit before you m- migrated here to DC or this area? Oh yeah, I I didn't come here until 2011. Oh, okay. That yeah. wasn't that long ago. Yeah, so, so you eight. were in Detroit all that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, I lived there um in 10th grade, my parents moved us out to the suburbs and um so as soon as I graduated high school, so like 2 years after that, mm-hmm. I moved back to the, I moved to the city. I moved to Detroit. And that's when I started radio, right out of high school. So I was 18 years old, and basically I never left. Wow! It was just kind of like here and there, in and out. You know the whole promotions. Yeah. You know you get a job in promotion. Well, oh, first yeah. you're an intern, then you're a promotions yeah. assistant. That's that entry level. Point you know right entry there. level, and then you <laughs> move on up. Yeah, and I didn't leave. I didn't leave Detroit until 2010. So for eight okay. years, I was at at the at, in Detroit radio. Okay. Now how how did you? What led you to radio? how did that i have no idea and uh you know every time i tell this story i'm just like it's just so funny because out of high school my sister got me a job as a dentist assistant i see so i had no vision i had no plans no dreams i didn't want to do anything i had nothing Mm -hmm. and she's like well you have to work because you know i don't like i didn't want to go to college so i was like i gotta do something so she's like i'll get you a job it is a dentist assistant it's like seven dollars an hour and we'll get you 20 hours a week and i was like great uh, I hate blood. I hate, like, I hate the dentist. I hate all of it. And I would hide out, you know, back in the day. I don't know how they do it now, but back in the day, they uh, have, like, this really dark room where they process the x-rays manually. Yes. Uh-huh. So it's completely dark. And there was, a like, I put a radio in there. So I would hide in this damn it. room and I listen to the radio. It. I love it. And it, her name was Chris Kelly. She was a midday host. Mm-hmm. And it was on WJLB, FM okay. 98 in Detroit. And one day she's like, yeah, so it's summer of 2002. And she's like, she needs fall interns. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I should go for this. Nice. And because the I took a class, a radio class in high school, like a communications class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, who <laughs> wants to sit in the studio, talk to people you can't see? <laughs> like, this is boring, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was a small studio. I mean, this is a nice studio here. I mean, it's this is like a tiny room. And I was like, who the hell wants to have the show? I was like, it's stupid. <laughs> so after high school, so Big Tigger was on, the, he hosted him. the morning show at the radio station in Detroit. Oh, it was syndicated. Okay. 
So I had sent him an email out of high school, but it bounced back because he had left. So I never thought about it again until I heard on the radio that they needed interns. So I go to get this internship. You know, I put on my clothes. I go and I do the interview and the lady's basically asking me all these questions and I have no answers for her. Like, I, this is nothing I want to do. I, I'm not really interested. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I just heard you, whatever. And then I tell her like my refugee story. And she was just like, what? I see. And I, I basically like broke down in tears and I was like, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't like anything. I don't want to mm-hmm. do anything, but you know, I love music and you know, I just, I'm just trying to find something that mm-hmm. I can even like grasp onto to maybe can lead me to something else. And she's like, I love you. Like I'll give you an internship. Oh, wow. Uh, she was like, it's not paid, but you know, you can be here and you can do everything here and figure out what you want to do. She, I mean, she just basically was like, you can have the internship. I mean, you still got to. She's like, but you got to go to school. So then I enrolled in college. Like, I literally oh. ro- enrolled in college just to get the internship. And then I quit. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to do it. Like, I didn't want to go. I, I, I just was like, once mm-hmm. I started being there, that's all I wanted to do. And I just was like, I first of all, I can't afford to go to school. I was working at Walgreens at night mm-hmm. and I was taking some classes here and there and I just couldn't do it. It was so much. And yeah, all I wanted to do was be at the radio station because I had a key. And I tell people all the time because it's kind of like symbolic um, when you're put in a certain situation. Um, you have to make sure you get everything out of it that you can. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, no matter what profession you do. So when I was at the radio station, I had a key to the, you know, to the station I was like, I have access to every yeah. studio here to any time of the day. So I'm not going to just come here for the time you schedule me. I'm going to be here all day. So, you know, I would at night I would record myself reading something or really? commercial scripts. I would do like fake little shows and I would put them on cassette tapes, you know, back in the day. So once I started uh, kind of recording myself, you know, I would just take that tape into my boss be like listen to my show he'd be like you're awful oh and yeah and i'll be like okay but like i was so determined so i was like okay well which part didn't you like the beginning or the end he's like all of it sucks girl you're terrible oh, no. and then i would take it back and i would just keep recording that every day wow and i never like that never stopped me the f- and, and you know now looking back i'm like i'm 35 now and you know whenever you like get down on stuff you know i think back like why was she so excited she had like you know what i'm saying she was all these people were telling her no, and she was just, she didn't care. Who? Me. Okay, like, my got, younger me. I look you. for her. I always talk about her in, like, a third person. I see. Like, she was so excited about life, and she was just so, like, she wanted to be on air, and she was just going to do this. And everybody kept telling her she sucks, and she was like, so, like, what don't so you like what? about it? Because mm-hmm. I can fix it, you know? You know, whenever stuff happens, I always look for her. And then, you know, me as a super young self, in the beginning of my book, like, I was so just strong and I was this outgoing little girl that yes. didn't take no stuff from anybody. Um, you know, I look for her too. So it's kind of like you have all these uh, personalities as you grow and you develop into an adult mm. and you can kind of get away from them. And then you have to think back like, okay, remember her, remember how strong she was. She That's was in deep. a damn war. That's and then deep. like, remember her when she didn't, yes. she had to work at Walgreens overnight and she had to take class in the morning. Then she had to intern for free, mm-hmm. but she was so excited. Like, where's that fire? Oh, like, why aren't you excited? Now you're finally at this place where you're freaking you host the morning show in washington dc yeah, that's huge you like you're, you're a just, celebrity no but you're like you, you know you're just doing all these things you always wanted you're an author you're just got a tv gig on fox 5 like you're doing all these things yes. but here you sit complaining about something stupid i see like you see like she was so excited and happy about a little bit of things she had but here you are complaining 
so you have to check yourself like and you know when people say um you're not ever supposed to compare yourself against anyone other than your previous self yeah. that's exactly true you go back and you're like remember when you had nothing mm-hmm. and you were so happy and you were just yeah. happy to be there and yeah. you little hoopty car stopping on the way to the station yes. but you didn't care because you were happy to make that 30 dollars mm-hmm. you know so that stuff like that happiness mm-hmm. and you have to always kind of like find your roots in in the whole because this industry is crazy that's really deep oh yeah, yeah. i i i yeah. I've gotten a taste, so I, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You definitely have to have that self-assurance mm-hmm. and know who you are and remind mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. you know, why am I Along here? the way, and, yeah. Um, so I, I I hope you don't mind me asking this question, but I, I have this conversation a lot with mm-hmm. some of my close girlfriends. And, you know, you, you start off your book sort of talking about, you know, what your expectations were mm-hmm. by the time you turned 30, mm-hmm. right? I'm 26 now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, youngin. Oh, Oh, youngin. You say that. But I'm like, (laughs) okay. You know, and I have this hashtag journey to 30, but I'm Mm -hmm. always talking to my girlfriends. And, you know, now I'm seeing folks that I went to college with and they're all like getting married. Some of them have kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, okay. But but I'm interested just out of curiosity. What made you start your book that way? Oh, I started it that way because that's all that's all I think about. You know, and that was like my big thing. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, in my 20s, I just wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to do this, this, you know. By the time I hit 25, I should do this. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, by the time I'm 30. So do you think it was more, what do you think made you feel that way? Did you did you maybe feel that way? My parents. Your parent, okay. My did parents. Did they say anything to you about getting married? Or you just saw them and was like, I want that? No, they always say it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They'll be like, so what's up? Where is the man? You know, it's funny because it's funny. I just went home like a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. for Memorial Day. I came back and I was like, Joe, guess what? He's like, what happened? My mom never asked me anything. She didn't mention it. This is the first time ever. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, she done gave up. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I hope so. Because, you know, you can't rush those things. No. Honestly, there is no expiration on finding love. Like, there's no expiration date. And, you know, you cannot look at other people uh, because... You know, you can just get caught up in the whole, like, relationship goals. I don't make people my relationship goals. I have no idea what these people are going through behind the scenes. Like, I don't really and care. And that is true. It's none of my business. And so, it's like, the whole business. cute thing. I'd be like, oh, y'all cute. <laughs> but. Like, that's cute. Yeah. Like, the, you, you guys look cute in the picture. I don't know anything else. Like, I'm not commenting on your relationship because I have no idea. You are hilarious. No, I but, like, like think about it. You have no idea. No, you don't. These people want like, right. to kill each other behind the scenes. No, I'd be like, oh, y'all look cute in the picture. That's very nice. Um... <laughs> So, no, I, you know, I just, I have taken it off the table. And funny thing is, once you stop thinking about it so much, and I know it it's such a cliche. That's when it happens. It, it, you, well, you feel better, first of all. Um, you date without that pressure. Like, you know, I talk about it in the book. I will go on a date, mm-hmm. and I will look yeah. at you out one eye and be like, does he look good in my wedding photos? And then I'll be like, how do our children look? You know, what would, you know, da-da-da. and then I will create this whole thing in my head. And then I will self-sabotage, you know, mm-hmm. the, either the relationship, friendship, whatever. You have to um, create this amazing life for yourself mm-hmm. that it's going to be so great Yeah. by yourself. Yeah. Like you're, you have, and I, I don't mean alone. I'm saying you have family and friends and your yeah. job and get a dog. I don't know. Yeah. I have two cats. Yeah. 
tearing up my house right now because <laughs> they're supposed to get their little lunch right now. But you know what I'm saying? You have to create uh, and live in a space that's really great uh, for yourself. And then once this man comes along, he's just going to be this really great addition. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, your whole world will not be broken down. Like you will not be on the floor. That's important. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because just... we all been there. Mm-hmm. You break up with someone, you feel like your whole damn world is just done. Yes. And I have I have dated people who were so much well off more than me who were extremely successful and rich mm. and I was super poor this is during like my interning days and right. stuff like that and that made me realize how when I'm with them how great my life is and then I would dwell on the day I gotta go back home because I had nothing mm. and I was like okay I can't live like that I don't want to live in a life where I'm dating someone or I'm seeing someone and when I'm with them it's great but then I gotta go back to my life and I feel bad like I feel right. oh damn I gotta go to my little job that I hate or I have no money like stuff like that mm-hmm. I was like Mm-mm. I have to create a life when there's this man around it's amazing but when he's gone it's still f- freaking amazing you know what I I'm saying yeah. so I've, I have lived that way for a while now and it's been really really great that is awesome that so, is so great and then you start attracting people who are like that you know yeah. attracting people who you know they see that you're okay without them and not to say I'm not that girl I'm not the I can do bad all by myself like no right. uh uh-uh. uh I can do better with you too like I yes. like the I like the the man there and I like the support, emotional support too and and all of that. So I think it's important, but it's not everything. So if it's not there, you should still be okay. Mm. So that's so powerful. Yeah. I think you should really keep spreading as you do your book signings and all of that. <laughs> like spread that message yeah. because a lot of us just, you know, some of us don't quite get it mm-hmm. or we're like looking for that yeah. other person mm-hmm. because you're not you know they you come together and make this one th- you know we're two you know, no you're not two halves right like you're supposed to you're be whole. whole by yourself yeah. and then you come together y'all just two i, <laughs> I don't oh, know so like there's no you know and and i'm telling you once you're in a space and you meet someone who who just kind of compliments you and he knows that Without him, you'll still be fine. But you don't hold that over his head. You're still, you know, you're still the girl in the relationship and he's the man. But he knows that you'll be fine. Um, Mm. Like, it's just everything is different because they know you're equal. And they they know that you don't take no stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's different because I remember I was dating this guy. But he said something to me. He was very, like, blatantly said it. And he was like, you're the type of girl I would marry. But he was like, you would have to understand that I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. He was like, but you, he was like, you're going to have such an amazing life. Like, I'll buy you anything you want. He was like, you're just going to have to overlook it. He said that to me. And I'm like 20 years old. Excuse me. Exactly. And I remember sitting there and I was like, "Mm." and then when I went home and I thought about it, I was like, that's why he said it to me, because I don't have anything. And he thinks that like he's going to elevate my life so much that he can just that he can do whatever he wants and I'll take it because we're not equals. Mm, We weren't. But we weren't equals. Right. And I knew that. So when you know, you know, and th- you're 20 years old, so you not you don't know about the emotional. Oh no, we're equals because I'm the person. No, he had more money. You were poor. Yeah. Y'all weren't equal. Like mm-hmm. he can do whatever he want. You can't. And he he made you know that he was gonna do whatever he was gonna do. Mm. So stuff like that that you go through, you kind of like built that whole thing of like, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna just make something on myself. That's and once so I great. get there. 
Y'all ain't gonna tell me. And nothing. you certainly have. <laughs> it's no stopping sunny, sunny in the city. And you're now you have a segment or you're all, you're officially tell us about Fox Five. Yeah, Fox? so I'm a contributing host for Like It or Not on Fox That's Five. So, exciting. so it's Monday through Friday. The, the show is on every night at seven. Uh Thursday's my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know I fill in whenever I can. So nice. it's pretty exciting. Now, it's how just did that to... how did that come about? Funny thing, I got a call. You know, Fox Five has always been like family. They, we, you know, we go and do their Good Morning uh, in the morning, uh, Good Day DC, um, and stuff like that. And a lot of TV stations here, we do a lot of cross promoting, so everyone's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And Fox Five has always been very close to us, so they wanted me to do to do a story on me for Women's History Month, and oh, so they featured, you know, the whole. I mean, honestly, it was like the best two minutes ever. Like when it aired, the way they edited, the way they did it it was i was watching like oh my god that's me (laughs) it was beautiful and ever since then you know they were like we just gotten such a great response from this Mm -hmm. and all of this and that was basically it they were like you know we love you here we want you you know we want you to come on but we don't have a place for you because you're in the mornings and i really wanted to do something with good day dc um and then one day they just called me like you know what Oh my God! You you're free at seven p.m. and I was like, I sure am. I love that. So you see what I'm saying? You know, yes. it's and I try to tell people that are coming up in the industry, just work, like do your job and stay out the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my motto. I do my job. I stay out the way. I stay out the way of drama of anything negative. Yeah. Like I just go do my job as best as I can and stay out the way. Mm-hmm. And when you do all these things in in this industry, and you're just kind of like building your resume, you are not causing any, you know, public, you know, I always, if you get fired from somewhere, don't go bashing your employer on social media. Like you don't do that. No, no. In media. Because everybody knows everybody, especially in the industry. Everybody knows everybody. And they're going to be like, you know what? She's kind of a loose cannon. I don't want to talk to her. But my thing is, things start rolling in and when it's your time it's gonna be your time and you can and, and this year honestly for me has been amazing yes, like everything amazing. has changed for me this year yeah. i turned 35 and it's like all of this start started happening yes. and it would not have made sense five years ago even though i wanted it. i wanted to be on tv five years ago and i tried so many times mm, but i've been on fox five here and there since 2011 but it was it's never the, the time, time for me to be mm. i've been writing this damn book for 10 years it i was, was gonna th- ask you how long forever. it took you I, was gonna ask. I would write okay. here and there. Yeah. I would delete. I would start over. I don't even know how to publish a book. Like it was a lot. And everything started happening at once. And it was like a snowball effect of just blessings over and over and over. And I was like, this is what happens when you just do your work, you stay out of the way and you wait for your turn wow. because it will happen. It just it's not going to happen on your time. So mm. it took for me, you know, all these years, but I can't imagine it happening any other time. That's for it amazing. to be, or for me to even enjoy it the way I am enjoying it right now. Right. So. Right. Wow. Yeah. And one thing I love about you, Sunny, is you also enlighten and empower and uplift people mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. Right. I mean, you already have this bright, bubbly personality <laughs> and this beautiful face and beautiful smile and laugh and, and voice. And you are very funny. But it's like. <laughs> You know, with your so you have tell us about your um, annual women's empowerment dinner Mm -hmm. that you do. Tell us about that. So and what made you want to start that? I know it was so crazy the way it started. So, you know, Ciroc Week happens once a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was a Ciroc ambassador since I moved here since Mm -hmm. 2011. And they needed like a community aspect of it. Um, But before they started like the community aspect, I had thrown my empowerment at the time was a brunch. 
mm-hmm. because I did something in the community, like something random, and I posted about it, and it got like all these views, and, mm-hmm. and people on the news like covered it, and it was, oh, but it was cool. small, and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, this is great, you know, that's not why I did it, and I was like, you know, there are people, especially women. They do stuff like this every day. That's a part of their career. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever talks about them. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw my first annual Sunny's Empowerment Dinner. So I tweeted about it. And I got all these nominations. It was all these women that did these incredible things in D.C. And it was 20 of them at the time. And I had no sponsor. I had nothing. So I went, I like printed these certificates I created online. And I went to Michael's and I framed them. And I literally invited these women to uh, Beacon Hotel for their Mm -hmm. brunch because it's a buffet. And I was like, and I paid for it myself. And it was these 20 women. And they were amazing. And everybody stood up and told their stories and things they do in a community. And they hugged and they cried. I mean, we had a ball. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, this is amazing. And it just kind of like grew from there. And then Ciroc was like, okay, we'll we'll definitely sponsor Sponsor. it. And then it just kind of grew. So every year we do something different. So this year was my sixth annual. And it was like a teacher's edition. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Because it was like Teacher's Appreciation Week the week before. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know. I wanted to do something for the teachers. And I know so many. But most of the girls that were there, I didn't know because they got nominated. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, it was like a girls night. We talk about everything and you know they you know again stand up and they share their stories and it's great but what actually i love really love about the event every year the women end up like connecting mm-hmm. with each other and then they'll do events and they'll invite me that and i'll be like so wait great. a minute that is y'all great. made it my event and they'll that be like can great. you come and you know yeah so and that's, you're, you're building a network exactly and that's my biggest thing you know it's just like you just empower you know it doesn't cost anything like i would never throw an event and charge women to come get empowered like that doesn't it's not supposed to happen that way mm. it's just like you share that's deep you share what you have you know and i never thought that anybody would come come listen to me talk about anything so mm. i was just like just come and share your story and we'll have dinner and that's basically how it started like your whole life you work towards finding a purpose and for a very long time i used to be like i'm just doing radio it's not very important and i was a little down on it because i was finally successful but it wasn't fulfilling anymore mm. and i was like you know i'm just on on here four hours a day talking about kim and kanye making more money than I ever thought I would. Mm -hmm. How am I changing someone's life? And I remember I met this lady. It was at a coat drive. And this lady walked up and she's like, I listen to you every day. And this was before I did the Joe Clemente show. I was doing middays. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I listen to you every day, girl, because I go to work and I do not like my coworkers. And I put my headphones in and I do my job. I type, Mm -hmm. but I listen and you're so funny and you be giving me all the scoop because she was like, listen, if I wanted CNN, I'll turn to CNN. We turn to you guys for music and like gossip. I want to know what kind. (laughs) And when she said that, I was like, wow. I'm not CNN. That's why I didn't go and become a news anchor mm. because I didn't want to cover the murders and, and those things. Like what I'm doing is important in its own way. Yes. Like the world is so dark right now. And it, it's, it's, and it's nice to people, for people to laugh. Yes. And yes, it's so healing and therapeutic. It's healing. Yeah, that like that true. was my purpose to make that's people beautiful. feel good. That's beautiful. So, and you do it in so many different ways. Yeah. And also on your show, I've, I've seen that, um, you know, our friend Tony Lewis mm-hmm. and um, uh, Angel. Angel Gregorio. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and Angel with the Spice Suite and, and that they've been coming on mm-hmm. and 
talking about yeah. DC, DC Natives Day, DC and Natives Day, yeah. and all that. I mean, you're definitely in so many ways. Mm-hmm. You're making impact, and with your book, and you will continue to. Thank and you for also, me. tell us where we can find you on social media. Um, so it's and sunny. Your book. Yeah, so my book is called Still I Shine. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's the first book that pops up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and my Insta and all my social media handles are Sunny, S-U-N-N-I, and The City. Very yeah. nice. Well, thank you, Sunny. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can chat all day. Like, I'm we chatty, can. Kathy. Like, I will be here all day. I love day. it. <laughs> uh, you are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl, Yazzie Speaks, on Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace.